Purdue Crop Chat, a regular podcast from Hoosier Ag Today and the Purdue University Extension Service, featuring Purdue Extension soybean specialist Dr. Sean Castile and Extension corn specialist Dr. Dan Quinn. This is episode number 24, and it's all about harvest. The fields that had the wet feet and had the nice tile lines, you know, those were 60, 70 bushel yield estimates is what I'll go with for right now, versus everywhere in between 30 to 40. I think a lot of yields across the state will probably be pretty, you know, sporadic. I think that really attributes to some of the sporadic rains we've had recently. And potential harvest issues. Now on Purdue Crop Chat. Here's your host, who's your Ag Today's, Eric Pfeiffer. Welcome into the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and uh, the stars of the show are here. Dr. Dan Quinn, Purdue Extension Corn Specialist. Hey, Dan. Hey, Eric. Sean Castile. Dr. Sean Castile is here, soybean specialist. Thanks for uh, joining us here, Sean. Howdy, Eric. It's always good. So we've got some stuff to talk about here. We've got harvest. It's ramping up already. We've already got uh, some some folks out there rolling in the fields. We've got uh, last week's crop production report from USDA that we want to talk about. I think I want to start there because it seems like it was maybe a bit of a surprise. Let's start with corn. Uh, the national yield, they're, they're pegging right around 176. But here in Indiana, from August, where it was 194, they actually bumped that up to 197. And, uh, Dan, we're... we're talking here trying to throw out ideas as to why in the world that happened and we can't come up with the reason yeah i think that was a big surprise to me and a a lot of folks across the state that it actually went up um so from 194 to 197 you know you look at the conditions that august you know the august crop report you know things across the state were pretty good and then you know i think that 194 was kind of in the area where we thought it would be really from august till now a lot of areas in the state really haven't gotten better when it comes to condition Uh, we've had a lot of hot weather we've had a lot of dry conditions so i've been in a lot of fields you know they've recently in the last week caught some rains but it's been really sporadic Um, but fields that you know we're starting to shut down pretty early because it got pretty dry you look at the central part of the state kind of southeast portion of the state and then also diseases too i think tar spot has really kind of blown up especially in the northern part of the state that's really impacted that corn so you know in my opinion you know i didn't think it should go up if anything i originally thought it should go down i think talking to a lot of our educators across the state talking a lot of farmers that you know they thought it was going to be good but maybe it's just not as good as what they they had hoped earlier with all of those things you mentioned, uh, you know, especially tar spot I, I've, I've heard farmers say they're in the tar spot capital of the world yeah. now up there in northern indiana we're still looking at a record crop, yeah. right? I mean, is that still doable in your opinion? Yeah, I think there's still a lot of really good areas out there. And, you know, we've kind of been telling folks that, you know, even though we think it potentially yield isn't as good as what we had hoped, but before that stuff were, was very, very good. So even if we do lose a percentage of that yield, I think the yield is still pretty high. Um, so a lot of portions of the state, you know, still look pretty good you know sometimes we feel in the last couple weeks have been a little debbie downer that maybe things you know isn't as high as what we'd hoped they were but we do remind folks that yes there's still a really good crop out there and i still expect i was walking fields with a farmer yesterday and you know taking yield estimates and looking at his his ears and his crop and it's like wow there's some fields out there that are still really good it's just we've had some stresses come in recently that i think probably impacted a lot of areas in the state and just maybe not get that that record yield that we're hoping for 
Now, USDA has pegged the national soybean yield somewhere around 50. It stayed pretty uh, steady here in the last uh, crop production report. But, uh, Sean, you haven't been as excited about this crop throughout most of the season, but USDA seems really excited about this crop, still holding at 60 bushels per Mm -hmm. acre from August. It's still that way in September. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess at one point we were at least saying that we're maintaining, which I still think is a high-yield forecast. That would be a record for us if we realize that. Uh, Last year we averaged 58 at the state level, and that was a record prior to – that was 2014, 2016, 57 and a half. And so, um, yeah, so we're still set at a forecast that's going to be a, a yield record. I, I really don't see it. I, I guess in a way I'm, I'm, it didn't go up, Dan, so <laughs> I, I've got that going for me. That maybe my Debbie Downers, as you <laughs> talked about last time, America continues in that way. But as I've, I've drove the state and I was over in Ohio a couple of days ago and just, I mean, there's just a lot of pockets of these fields that, uh, have been drying up they've had the wet feet early in the middle of the season and just haven't had the nitrogen supply so i mean that's still been the case in my, my story on this soybean crop i mean they can do amazing things uh ability to adapt and so i mean uh, i could be surprised um, but 60 seems still on the, the high side to me um we do have some of these pockets that are dying and a lot of us from the windshield would say okay that's because we had wet feet in the middle of the season compromised root systems and now you know it turned off dry except for these spotty rains um but we're having some other issues starting to, to creep in so we're having charcoal rot uh, just showing its uh, ugly face nothing to the level of what i would say like the, the tar spot on the corn side i mean that's just a devastating you know devastating yield effector when we look at charcoal rot on the soybean side it definitely is but it's already in compromised areas so in other words we've got areas that were wet early that's when that infection occurs and it turns off dry and so while you've got just a natural phenomenon of wet to dry that's causing an issue with the plants and now we just add a little bit more with that disease so um, with that uh, I'm still hopeful we can get decent yields but I'm I'm cautious that we're going to get that 60 bushel state level. You, you talk about some of the rains, and really, we just haven't received them here to finish yep. either of these crops out. Yep. Uh, at this point, would rains still be beneficial at all for any of the crops out there? Yeah, uh, I think rain could help a little bit of the top end or a little bit of seed size. Uh, when you looked at what came out this week, I think we're about 39-40% uh, dropping leaves at the state level uh, from the crop forecast or crop yield. Um, annual or weekly report and with that those we're not going to catch much so we have maybe 60 percent if you look at on the other side that still have leaves being retained and we can put on a little bit of seed weight and we can change the yield level quite a bit if we've got adequate soil moisture even at this point if we're looking at this as like an irrigator um, actually had this question this this last week when do we turn off the irrigation and and with that you know a nice rule of thumb Lyndon Kelly out of Mich- Michigan State and Purdue kind of cl- collaborative work uh, has made the comment in that you know when we have about half our leaves uh, yellowing up and dropping off uh, we still want to have at least half our soil moisture soil wa- water holding capacity and so that's about the roots taking it up and finish filling those out now that can happen through irrigation that can happen through rain and so i think that's the same concept as we look at the dry land if we've got some water that's adequate and the soil moisture help finish filling these seeds and maybe retain a few pods there is a little bit of a benefit 
and and some of the double crop soybeans i assume could still benefit from that as oh, well oh mo- most definitely the double crop and that's a totally different ball ball game that i mean those are still going to be green in many of these cases nice dark green they're they're in the middle of high seed fill and so yes if they're dry rainfall will definitely help them out Unfortunately, I don't know that we have any rain in the forecast here in the near term. I, I, I want to say after looking at Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin's last forecast, maybe next week mm. uh, at the earliest for some rain around the state. What about in corn, Dan? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of areas in the state, it's really we've been telling folks is, you know, it could potentially benefit basically specifically kernel weight. So putting on weight in those kernels. Um, but it really depends on, you know, how much, how far that corn has been progressing. Um, so you know, you talk about, Sean talked about when we can kind of determine when to turn off irrigation in soybeans. So you look at corn, it's specifically when you basically split that ear in half and find that milk line. So once you hit that dent stage, and soon after that dent stage, we can find that milk line in that kernel. So basically the difference between hardened starch and still where there's still that milky or doughy starch. Um, so that milk line can kind of give us an indication of how much time we have until it reaches maturity. Um, but if you're at beginning dent, you know, just starting dent, um, you still have maybe 40-50% kernel weight left to go. So if you have fields that are beginning dent and we can catch some of these late rains, I think it can really help some of that kernel weight. But if you're at maybe half milk line, three-quarter milk line, you know, then we're at, you know, 90-95% kernel weight um, and probably can catch a few bushels here and there, but maybe not as much. Um, but again, from the soybean side, it's pretty similar to corn with terminating irrigation, maintaining at least 50% soil moisture up until that corn plant reaches physiological maturity or black layer. So paying attention to where that milk line is, okay, give us an indication of how much longer I have until we reach physiological maturity. So Dan, all right, educate this soybean boy. So <laughs> when you talk about dent on corn and the milk line following that, how much time or give me a rough, mm-hmm. you know, it's heat units or, you know, guesstimate number yeah. of days. How long does it take? Okay. You start to see that, that line yeah. when you have dent until you're halfway or nearly black layer. What kind of time frame are we talking about? Yeah. So beginning dent until about black layer, it's on average about 30 days is how long it takes. Um, and corn will actually progress a lot quicker through the beginning milk line stages. So maybe a quarter milk line to half milk line might take, you know, 10, 14 days or so. And then the last, you know, you look at half milk line to three-quarter milk line, it might take anywhere from, you know, 14 or so, a couple weeks. Um, three-quarter milk line, it might be a week until you reach black layer. So really, by the time that you have the evidence of dent to yeah. to the need, uh, Eric's point of, okay, rain, so basically two weeks, more yeah. or less, right? Because you say, oh, we're at 40-some percent accumulation yeah. in the grain. But by half milk line, what were you saying? 90, 90%. Yeah. yeah, so you're talking two weeks worth yeah, right, exactly. uh, of water potential use. Yeah. And after that, it's kind of... Um, yeah, and I would say the majority of the corn in the state, if not is that black layer, is yeah. beyond half milk line at this stage. So I don't see... If we can catch some of these late rains, it might help a little bit, but I don't expect it to help a whole Yeah, you're lot. barely talking sprinkles at that point yeah. in terms of a cake, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So Dan, let's talk about harvest. A lot of folks are already out there rolling here in the West Lafayette area. I think across the state, weather's been nice. So they've been out there trying to get at it. Yeah. Have you uh, had any early reports of yield at this point? Yeah, I think I haven't really heard much yet on yields specifically, uh, mostly on moisture. I think a lot of moisture in the corn is maybe mid 20s to low 20s. But, you know, Sean and I were just talking that stuff moved really quickly. You know, with the weather we've been having, it's been really warm. 
um, you know, low humi humidity. We've had some windy days too, um, hot days, and it just really helped dry down that corn and really, you know, nothing was happening, nothing was happening. And then, you know, this weekend, this week, it feels like stuff really started moving and stuff, you know, a lot of folks got into the fields and really started to harvest. Um, I think a lot of yields across the state will probably be pretty, you know, sporadic. I think that really attributes to some of the sporadic rains we've had recently. Um, I was uh, with a farmer walking his fields, you know, yesterday kind of in eastern Indiana and doing some yield checks and taking a look at his ears and his fields. And, you know, some of his fields look really good, you know, 250 bushel maybe or higher. Um, but, you know, he had fields that were maybe three, five miles away that weren't as good. And I think we kind of attribute that to just the different rainfall patterns we've had. So based on the rainfall, a lot of sporadic rainfall across the state, you know, depending on how disease is across the state, I expect some really good yields, but maybe some yields that just, just aren't as good as what folks maybe hoped maybe a month or two ago. You're listening to Purdue Crop Chat with Sean Castile, Dan Quinn, and your host, Eric Pfeiffer. Some of the early season rains that we got even, you know, they were sporadic. I talked with one Cass County farmer who said, yeah, I got like five inches and a few miles away, they, yeah. they got like a half mm -hmm. an inch. So, I mean, it has been sporadic. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I think that story of the haves and the have-nots are certainly going to play out when we have the combines roll through the field. Um, I went home to Home Farm Illinois, you know, Labor Day weekend and saw some early beans planted early that were cut. And so I, I didn't catch what the yields were there, but certainly you know, fields have been getting harvested this last weekend. A lot of fields were just getting opened up. And so both crops, I saw beans and corn getting, getting rolling. Even I already have some fields work. In terms of yield levels, I, I have heard some numbers, um, some 60s, uh, so nothing to write home about, but decent. But again, when when you have those kind of yields on the early early harvested fields and they're trying to catch some old market price so sometimes we don't catch the top end yield potential because they're looking for the profitability side of it and catching some old market price or delivery points and so the 60 is not not bad but again if you're an early bean that's shorter season for a variety or a variety for the area maybe that's not the full picture of what everyone else that's in that area that's more of a timely planted crop um, so yeah th that's kind of where we're at right now but certainly those areas I mentioned already that you know, had the wet feet or we have the charcoal rot or we have some of these other issues popping up through the season. Uh, I've done like the tile lines, the, the fields that had the wet feet and had the nice tile lines, you know, those were 60, 70 bushel yield estimates is what I'll go with for right now versus everywhere in between 30 to 40. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a roller coaster of yield levels. And trying to reach that 60 with, with that at the top. And that's going to be a tough yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a hard one. There, there are certainly fields that look good, uh, no doubt about that. But at a state level, I think that's going to be a hard one to reach. Uh, one thing I have been seeing a fair amount of, and and people are probably should be aware of if you haven't already. I mean, we've got a, a good number of the fields that have the spots of green stems. Uh, that's something that we kind of have year in and year out. Some levels, some years it's higher than others. Um, but that green stems, stem syndrome, there's a number of factors that come into that. And so a lot of it, you know, the, the vast majority of what I talk about with this is, okay, you've got this photosynthate, this plant sugars that's been created by the leaves, and then something's happened to our pod load and our seed load. And so in other words, we have all this, all this energy, all this sugar to get translocated and utilized, and then all of a sudden the sink, the pods and the seeds are gone, or there's not as many. And so in that case, 
they finished filling out the few pods that are there and the seeds and then now they just maintain the stems and even some of the leaves are holding on so there's going to be pockets of fields that have this green stem syndrome but the the pods themselves are going to be brown they're going to be uh, harvest mature they'll be 10 12 percent and then green is a gourd on the stem so we need to be ready to roll when the grain's ready any issues you foresee this harvest season, Dan, with corn? Yeah, I think the main thing we've been really paying attention to and, and telling folks about is, is stock issues. So in corn, you know, a lot of those stressful areas, whether it be where it got really dry on us, but a lot of areas in the northern part of the state that had tar spot that really kind of exploded and basically took over that plant. You know, you think about corn, we had really good conditions where corn put on pretty good-sized ears, and we had really good conditions where we had good pollination and good kernel set. So you always think about a corn plant, its sole purpose in life is to do everything possible to fill that grain. Um, and if you have stresses, whether it be drought or nitrogen deficiencies or tar spot that comes in and basically wipes out the photosynthetic area of that corn plant or that leaf area, what does it do? It says, I need to do everything in my power to fill that grain. And it starts pulling carbohydrates and stuff from the lower portion of the stock. And when it does that, it basically cannibalizes itself or hollows out that lower portion of the stock to do everything it can to fill that grain. Um, and so one, when you cannibalize and hollow out that stock, you know, stock rots prefer that they can move in. And two, it just lowers that integrity of that stock. And, you know, so I've kind of, you know, encourage people to be out there and still walk in their fields even though we're close to harvest you know maybe walking them per perpendicular those rows and just push on some of those corn plants or maybe split some stalks you know take a look you can even pinch them and see if they're still hard or maybe there's just not good integrity there and just get an indication you know i do have some fields with poor stock quality maybe i need to harvest those first um, so if we do have a significant storm system move through or winds you know significant winds that potentially could knock down some of that corn that's something that we're really trying to have people pay attention to and and could be important this time of year. Dan and I pulled back to days on the farm in Illinois mm -hmm. and you know we the early years of uh, rootworm coming in and mm -hmm. whether they have BT or not and, and yeah. all of that and you know picking up down corn is not fun yeah. at all and so you know that idea of okay let's prioritize so then we're not doing that yeah, yeah. that's that's a big yeah. big thing to do to get a good efficient harvest and maintain your sanity. <laughs> yeah I think you know we've been seeing it really a lot in those tar spot areas where it basically just engulfed that whole corn plant doesn't have the photosynthetic leaf area so it just pulls everything out of that lower portion of the stalk and that integrity just goes way down so you don't want to have down corn this time of year um, if we have a, a system that rolls through so take a you know look at your stock integrity and maybe figure out do i need to harvest some fields first before others so dan I, i'm just curious so mm -hmm. i just i find it interesting with the two crops i'm talking about green stem and mm -hmm. maintaining that but the the pods are brown and harvest mature and then you've got the opposite in a way so is there any issues so like for us when that green stem syndrome we, we're going to slow down or we've got to think about good flow from the header into the feeder mm -hmm. house and to get good threshing and there's certainly different heads that do a better job of cutting and bringing that in a smooth rather than these chunks um, when i think about stock quality on the corn side is there any anything they can do once they've identified that field and and harvesting that efficiently uh, are you do you need to slow down on that? Does it really matter? Or is as long as it gets in the head, I'm good to go? Yeah, what? I think the main thing is just getting it harvested early, you okay. know, and getting it out of the field. But yeah, paying attention to it, you might have to, you know, if those stalks are brittle, maybe slow down too. And another portion too that we're seeing in certain areas is that 
we've had some premature ear drop. So basically that ear shank, um, we've had, you know, drought areas that loses some of that water in that plant and we've seen premature ear drop mm -hmm. and maybe losing some of that integrity of that ear shank. So there's a potential that, you know, if you're harvesting too quickly or not paying attention, you know, you could lose some ears too. Um, losing that integrity where we get premature ear drop basically happening during harvest. But I think the main idea is just identify what fields I have that maybe have poor stock quality and just getting those harvested early just so you can reduce that risk of a storm rolling through and knocking it down. So I'll, I'll be the, the counter on this. So what's early then, right? Because I, I want, I mean, got 88 degree days and mm -hmm. I want mother nature to dry this crop down so I don't <laughs> have to pay a gas bill on yeah. that. So what's early? I mean, obviously I'm kind of setting you up here as like to <laughs> answer one for everyone, but I mean, you've got to think about the integrity of the stocks, but then where do you pull the trigger based on grain moisture so then you still get the crop in? Yeah, I think we typically shoot for, you know, maybe the the low 20s, you know, 20, 21, 22. Um, you think about if you're going to wait for corn to dry down to 15%, that just yeah. indicates, you know, it gives you a lot of problems with, you know, harvest losses and kernel shadowing and so on. Um, but, you know, you look factor in drying costs. If, you sure. know, there's a lot of folks that are harvesting, you know, 28%, 27%. Um, there's always that talk about that phantom yield loss and, you know, are we losing some mm -hmm. basically yield from seed respiration? Um, that seems pretty inconsistent from what I've seen and talking to folks and just haven't seen really good evidence that, that happens. I think if you can wait, you know, until those low 20s, you know, that period, but don't wait too long so you're not, you know, risking eardrop or kernel sure. shattering or having issues later on the season where we lose stock quality and we have lodging in those fields if you wait too long. Okay. So harvest, it's it's here. It's here. Folks are rolling, and uh, this is good information to have. Uh, I do want to bring up uh, this coming week is National Farm Safety Week. And, uh, you know, as harvest ramps up here, there are a lot of safety measures to take. I would welcome any safety tips that any of you have. Sean, let's start with you here as we go into Farm Safety Week. Yeah, I, mean, I think about, you know, a soybean harvest and that dust that we get. And so especially if we have dry conditions, we're harvesting and that dust is collecting on the screen right on the radiator i mean that's just prime for okay uh, a combine to overheat and then now you've got these these winds and and cool or a humid day or non-humid days um the lack of that and that just is very prone to let's get a fire going and so let's make sure for one make sure those screens are cleaned off really well filters are changed out it's one of those things that it's it's easy to get run wide open and forget about some of those little things but those little things can make a huge difference in terms of maintaining a field maintaining everyone's safety as well as equipment dan anything from you um i think you know i was going to echo kind of exactly what sean was saying especially with the conditions we've had you know areas that have been really dry you look at the dust you know the residue on those combines um, i've seen it happen where combines catch on fire so it's something to be paying attention to especially with the weather we've had recently and two, I always throw out, you know, even seeing, you've seen terrible things happen this, even this summer recently is just grain bin safety, you know, so yep. doing the precautions that you have mm -hmm. to have on that grain bin side and, and doing things you need to do safety wise. So you don't have some of the, you know, the tragedies of, that have happened to certain folks even this year. Yeah. So we, we hope everyone has a very safe and, and great harvest and, uh, guys we'll do this again and we'll see what those numbers say the next time they come out we'll see 
you know, what happens with that soybean number? Is it going to stay at 60 again, or are we going to start getting some yield estimates in here and, and maybe start to see that come down a little bit? Yeah, I, again, I, I think we're trying to tick down one, to, one or two at least. And, and we'll see if corn goes up to 200 next time around. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> see what happens. Guys, thanks a lot. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric. This has been Purdue Crop Chat, a regular series featuring Purdue Extensions, Dr. Sean Castile, and Dr. Dan Quinn. Thank you for joining us for Purdue Crop Chat today, moderated by Eric Pfeiffer, and a service of Purdue University Extension and Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's most listened to farm radio network.